rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. I am Brenda Rogers, candidate for Kane County Recorder of Deeds. As your next Recorder of Deeds, I will protect our taxpayers' investment, bring awareness to the position, and do outreach to our residents and veterans. I am asking for your vote during early voting, mail-in ballot, or on November 3rd. Vote for Brenda Rogers, Kane County Recorder of Deeds, paid for by Citizens for Brenda Rogers. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is now 8, 10 a.m., and you are tuned in to Good Morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And we have a great interview today. The Law of Acting with our friend, our brother, dear friend of the show, Mr. Amea Pottenkar. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Good to be back. Good to be back. Your second large, your favorite morning show is done with jury duty. So we back today, y'all. I got my co-host Christine here. Good morning. Good morning to you. Hunter behind the boards. JV behind the second boards. And our dear friend Monica as well is in the studio. All right. So without any further delay, the news. All right. Uh, we have the Run for Hunger 5K coming up. From now until the 30th of this month, a virtual run to alleviate hunger in our community. All proceeds will be donated to Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry, hashtag run, run for hunger 5 k For more information and to sign up, you can go to www.runforhunger5k.com, and that's brought to you by El Tiro, Society 57, and more. Shout out over at, to Methet over at State Farm as well. Uh, also, the call for art, Sugar Skull City, it's a month-long celebration in downtown Aurora. It celebrates and honors the cultural and local tradition of Day of the Dead. To coincide with First Fridays and Day of the Dead activities on November 6th, Sugar Skull City promotion and activities will run from October 15th through November 15th. Artists, community members, youth, and families are invited to honor the Mexican tradition of Day of the Dead, or Dia de los Muertos, holiday by creating an unframed 12 by 18 work depicting a sugar skull that can be displayed in business windows in downtown Aurora. More information can be found on auroradowntown.com. And you can find out how to participate. I'm sorry, auroradowntown.org, and you can find out how to participate um, in that as well. Um, good morning, Aurora Sports is near today. Oh, uh huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yesterday, the Cubs beat the Pirates five to nothing. Uh, the White Sox lost seven to four to the Indians. And also, did you know that Michael Jordan is entering a new sport? Really? Yes. What? He is going to be a co-owner in NASCAR with Denny Hamlin. Next year. Really? Mm -hmm. That's big. Wow. And Bubba Wallace is going to uh, be on their team. He's going to be their driver. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Shout out to Michael Jordan awesome. and NASCAR. Never thought I'd ever say that in my life. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> Those two just go together. All right. Yep. Yeah. All right. And so it's the first day of fall. There is no fall football in Illinois. Cricket sports. That's right. And it's time for the weather. Time for the weather. All right. Current temperature is 50 degrees with a high of 80 today. That high will be reached around 4 o'clock p.m. Tomorrow will be partly cloudy. Partly cloudy. Partly cloudy. I don't know why I said the part like that. Uh, tomorrow will be partly cloudy, also with a high of 80. Downtown Aurora businesses take on Hunger Action Month. As you already know, you've been hearing us say it, September is Hunger Action Month, also known as HAM. 
All right. The month-long campaign brings awareness to hunger in the community and offers ways for community members to contribute to both Aurora Interfaith Food Pantry and Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry. Aurora Interfaith Food Pantry is hosting carts for a cause, and several downtown businesses are taking part in that. All right. Now, in addition to that, you've heard about Altero. Altero is at it again. They will donate 10% every Monday of September from 3 to 8 p.m. on orders of Al Pablano Tapa and Al uh, Organica Ugh, massacred that Spanish. Oh, my God. I'm sorry <laughs> to all the Latino listeners out there. Organica cocktail or a fresh squeeze lemonade. Shout out to Gary Brown Art and Studio Gallery, Gillerson's Grubbery, La Quinta de los Reyes, McCarty Mills, Treadwell Coffee, Society 57, and the Cottonseed Creative Exchange at 8 North Broadway. Cottonseed and Society 57 will have donation boxes for Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry all this month. Treadwell is featuring Marie's Herbal Tea for the month. And McCarty Mills, big shout out, Devin, Alvin, what's going on? The fam over there, we love you. McCarty Mills, big shout out. They will donate 10% of sales of reserved keg from Brother Chimp. And the beer of the month over there is For the Masses IPA. Also, shout out to Jen Ingram Art. That was just on my mind. Uh, also, Viso Arts, Roots Aurora, and the Aurora Public Art Commission are coming together to present the Aurora Stronger Exhibit, a community that came together. Friday, October 2nd, from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Gallery 1904 at 1 East Benton in downtown Aurora. Now, what that is going to be is a showcase of all of the art, primarily of the uh, downtown Broadway area on the boards that was uh, there to beautify everything in the wake of the protesting and you know, looting of stores. Um, they'll be displaying all of that artwork. So shout-out to Viso Arts, shout-out to Roots Aurora, and also shout-out to our friends, the Aurora Public Art Commission. And that's the news. So now let's 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 get into the law of acting. Let's do that. Let's let's talk about it. The mayor, good good to see you, brother. Good morning. Glad you're back. How are you man. Guys? Glad you're back. Yeah, glad, glad to you're back. back. Thank you very much for having me today. Yeah, really excited to uh, hear that you guys wanted me on, and uh, you know, it's, a, of course. it's an honor. Yeah, definitely. We we got to meet you when Monica came on, and then we found out all the amazing things that you're doing within not only law but then also acting. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, my sister has really pushed me um, in law and acting um, to put, you know, to really dig in deep, um, you know, with law, learn about the facts of the case, really listen to your client. She has kind of set the precedent on work ethic in our law firm, you know. Mm -hmm. And then with acting, um, my sister um, is so dedicated to all the things that she's involved in outside of law. And that kind of rubs off on me with acting because it takes so much um, dedication to learn a script, whether it's one page, e even a one line, um, you know, acting job can be difficult because you have to analyze the one line and uh, say it correctly. Right. And there's so many interpretations, interpretations of just a one line scene that you could get. Didn't right. think about that. Yeah. yeah. So, e e so even one liners, you'd think they would be really easy to do. And those could be the ones that are the most mind bending. And I've had auditions for, for one line, uh, roles mm -hmm. and uh, those can be really <laughs> so all right all right so here, here's your one-liner tell people who you are and where you're from yeah sure um well my name is Amaya Pottenkar um I grew up in Naperville Illinois which is obviously mm -hmm. very close to Aurora um I went to University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign for undergrad uh I attended St. Louis University uh, for law school and then I did a one-year master's program at Northwestern specializing in just taxation so that's kind of like my educational background. Uh, I practiced law downtown Chicago for three years. And then the path to life has brought me to work with my sister, 
who had started her law firm, Paconian Pot and Car PC, with Gary Paconi, the other partner of our law firm, okay. in uh, 2014. Uh, I joined in 2016. Um, what I did downtown was so different from what we do now because I did all tax law uh, mm-hmm. when I was working downtown. Out here in Aurora, we work with real people. Uh, we do estate planning, uh, tax, uh, real estate transactions, uh, and family law. So practicing law out here, you really work with people, and you learn about your clients, and you really deal with real-life issues. So that's kind of brought a new side of me out, you know, um, in terms of being, being, you know, with society, really seeing the problems that society is facing, you know, wh- right. whether it's legal or just things that are happening in their personal life. So you can kind of build and learn from those experiences, you know. Right. Um, and then along the way of law, um, I always wanted to do Second City improv classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never had a chance to because I was never in downtown and I never had the time. And then finally, I got into Second City um, and I took all the improv classes that you could take. And, um, you know, it just brings a whole new perspective to life. Because you take all the things that you've done in your life and you can apply them to improv. And everyone, every scene you do is always unique. And then you think of new ideas. And you can use improv in your daily life as well. How? Every, everything you do is improv. If you go to the grocery store and you're Ooh. asking for the price <coughs> of a lemon, you can ask it in a, in, a, in, a, you know, in a fun way or you can ask it in a serious way, depending on what's going on in your mind. Right now, we're improving. Right now, we don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes. Right? We could be talking about our favorite vacation. I don't know yet. Oh. But, you know, I don't know where this conversation is. <laughs> but anyway, uh, improv is cool because it really just makes you comfortable in any situation. You're doing things in front of other people, different scenes in front of other people uh, that you don't know, that you're just getting comfortable with. Uh, a lot of people don't like public speaking. And I love, I love public speaking, but it's also a nerve-wracking thing to deal with mm-hmm. um, because you – you know, you have you want to put a good presentation out there for people and you want them to learn something. And in improv, you want them to laugh. But if you go into a scene wanting people to laugh, it doesn't come out the way that you want it to as if you just go in with an open mind and just let it just form out of nothing. And kind of the genuine. The low. genuine yeah. approach, okay. right? You don't want to just go in trying to get a laugh. Right. I feel. That's, that's what most Im- good improvers will tell you. Like, just go in with an open mind, just feel out the scene, and just let something happen and sometimes it's a flop right people right. Will just stare at you right and then once in a while you'll just get like a really great laugh yeah. and then that gives you the energy does improv help you more with law or does it vice versa does law help you more with the improv your experience in the courtroom being I, in front of people it definitely helps you in the courtroom in the sense you can prepare as much as you want for a case that you're going to do in the morning um, you can read your notes you can have bullet point you know bullet points of what you want to tell the judge you have no idea what your opposing counsel is going to say. Um, if your clients come with you, you have no idea what their temperament is or how anxious they are. So you're dealing with that type of situation. Then you don't know how the judge is going to react to what you're saying or what the opposing counsel is saying. You could go in to a case thinking that it's going to go a certain way and it goes the exact opposite way or vice versa. You may think it's going to go a certain way and then it goes in your favor. So I think improv allows you to stay focused um, on what you're trying to do and keep an open mind. So that helps. But now how law helps acting is that you have to stay very organized with your case, right? You have to make sure you get to court on time, just like an audition. If you're, if you're, um, what do they say? If you're on time, you're late. 
Oh, if like you're you early wanna, on time, if yeah, you're on time, you're late. Yep. Exactly. So, you know, every time I have an audition, I try to get there 15 minutes early just to feel it out the, yes. even in the room, yes. sitting in the room, mm-hmm. there's 30 other actors that may be auditioning for the exact same role that you're auditioning for. You, you can usually tell if they're auditioning for the same role, if they're dressed the same way. Right. So if there's like four different audition rooms, but you're auditioning for the role of a teacher, maybe they're all wearing like a suit and tie or something. So you right. know exactly who's. So if you get there early, you can kind of like veg for a little bit, kind of think about what you're going to do, relax. And then you go in there. Hmm. And then it's kind of like going up in front of a judge. The people who are watching your audition, they just kind of stare at you. But you don't focus on them. You focus on what you're doing. But um, it's kind of the same thing. They're the judge and they will decide whether you get the role or whether growing up what impact did your mom have on your life oh man my mom's had a humongous impact on my life uh, coming here well i always talked to her about her journey from india to the united states because back she came here in 1980 mm-hmm. there was no way to facetime your family there was no way to just call I call my, you know, I work with my mom on a daily basis, but they, she couldn't contact her family. She's a big family, um, a lot of love in the house. They're very tight knit. Um, they, she couldn't call every single day or FaceTime or write emails. So I'm like, man, it had to have been tough on you. So her resiliency, uh, I always think about that. If I'm ever having a tough day, mm-hmm. and when I say tough day, maybe I worked until 7 p.m. or something, or right. maybe I had an audition that didn't go well. But her tough day was moving to this country, knowing no one, um, making it with zero, you know, moving to this country. There's no support. Just my mom and my dad. Um, It's not like she could call her mom and ask them for support, her dad for support. It's just they had to survive here on their own. And that when I feel like quitting or giving up, I'm like, there's no way I can do that because they didn't come here for me to give up or to quit or to put in 50 percent. She expects 110% for me and my sister. That's probably where everything rubbed off on my sister, and then, you know, it rubs off on me. Um, So she, every day, uh, whatever she's doing, it's 110%. There's no complaining. There's no uh, shortcuts. You just do what you have to do, and uh, you accomplish your goal. So, um, you know, sometimes, you know, like uh, with an acting script, sometimes it can take hours and hours to memorize lines and perfect them and rehearse and rehearse. But, um, you know, she, she did a PhD so that her educational background as well has rubbed off on us. So that, that work ethic that I've seen from her just viewing her and then right. her interacting with me and her, the support that they've given me and my sister, um, I try to apply that into our law practice. And then just, you know, with the, with the acting uh, interest, Every role that I get, I make sure that I just I make sure that I always put in the hundred and ten percent. So, I, like, you never want to leave a have like a regret with an audition or like, did I do something that I is there something I could have done more that I did not could have do? done better? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, so, like, it just all encompassing. You know, basically, the bottom line is, um, you know, do your best, um, be able to be kind of like self sufficient. And, um, you know, have empathy for other people. It's not just about you, right? right. Um, we, you know, we're all in this together. Um, so if somebody's in need, you have to help them. Um, you know, if somebody's contacting you, give them a call back and talk to them and see what's right. on their mind. I think that's really important, too, because sometimes 
you get caught up in your daily life and all you do is just think about yourself, right? Yep. What do I have to mm -hmm. do today? What am I going to eat for breakfast? But what about your friend, your you know family member who you haven't talked to in a while? Just reach out. And that's what she does all the time. So she's um, probably, you know, a, like a cement block in our family. Yeah. But I mean, you know, my dad's the same way. You know, mm -hmm. they're both really strong people. And uh, if I come to them with an issue, they're just like, it's not really a big deal. To them, our issues are nothing right. yeah. um, from yeah. what they've overcome. You, you can't know, get so. this Hamlet audition with them? <laughs> this is not yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's, um, to them, it's no big deal. I yeah, think so. your parents did install, uh, and your mom, and still, rather, um, a great work, that work ethic in both of you. Um, we interviewed Monica and listed everything that she's into. Uh, it's obvious, like, you guys are always hitting the decks running, doing a lot of stuff and helping the community out at the same time. So that work ethic that your sister has is definitely, and, and your mom has definitely uh, yeah. melded oh, into definitely. you. Major and I, I think being around them so much, uh, it's kind of a unique experience because some people don't get to see their brother or their sister in years sometimes or they right. go months without speaking. But in my, I'm, we're privileged. It just so happens that we're all just so close together. And I work with my sister on a daily basis. So um, her influence continues to just keep rubbing off of me. My mom's influence continues to keep rubbing off of me. So yeah. I'm very... I mean, I really count my blessings that we're able to do that. You now, know? you were born and raised in Naperville. Mm -hmm. um, How did you make the transition from Naperville to Aurora? Um, well, as it so happens, uh, actually, I, I did work at the Outlet Mall one time in college. So you did? I did work, yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, growing up, being in Naperville, we didn't come to Aurora too often, mm -hmm. but I did work at the Outlet Mall. So we'd come to the Outlet Mall. Um, so my sister met Gary, who's been practicing, Gary Picconi, mm -hmm. who's been practicing law for over 40 years in Aurora. And, um, you know, by, I've worked with him now for four years. He has been helping different generations in Aurora. So, he, he, you know, he worked with the parents. Now he's working with their kids or like their grandkids. So we'll get a call randomly to sell a house or do an estate plan. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I used to work with their parents 30 years ago. And these are their kids now. Right. So it's, it's interesting. He's probably seen a huge transition in Aurora. Uh, so my sister met Gary, and then they started a law firm here in Aurora. Um, and then in 2016, my mom had an idea. She's like, you know what? Why don't you come work with your sister? And I, you know, I had a good job in downtown. I'm like, why would I leave downtown? You know, I love downtown. Living in downtown Chicago, there's a lot of cool things to do. I love the city, the hustle and bustle. Right. My mom's like, I really think it'd be a great thing for you to do to kind of um, ha pave your own way. And, uh, you know, uh, learn a lot about the law. Right. And uh, so then I, my sister's like, you know what? You should come you know, join. And to be honest with you, practicing law here and doing work downtown, I knew nothing about what I was going to do. I mean, I had the knowledge base, but um, even going to court, I had no idea that it was a, a structured uh, thing that lawyers had to do. They had to talk a certain way in front of a judge. I mean, I took trial advocacy in law school, but um, what Gary and my sister do on a daily basis, I really didn't know what I was going to be doing per se until I actually got there and they taught me everything. And now I've been, I've been working in Aurora since 2016 and um, I, I've seen that it's a really tight knit community. The downtown Aurora area is already growing so much in the right. last four years. Mm -hmm. So many good restaurants. Um, I, Gillerson's, uh, they have a really good burger. So I've been there a couple of times. Amazing, <laughs> amazing, amazing yeah. food, drink. Yeah, that's one and of my I think people put a lot of pride in this city. Yeah. Um, and working with a lot of our clients are from Aurora because we get a lot of clients around our office. So I, I, we have people of different educational backgrounds, mm -hmm. different ethnic 
you know, backgrounds. And everyone's just trying to get relief or, you know, relief or they're tr looking for if somebody calls our office. Right. They may have a, a problem in a negative way mm -hmm. that, they're you know, they need help with or they just need help of, you know, a legal expert, you know, who can right. help them in their area. So it's cool that we're able to provide services for them where you can start the case, explain to them, you know, what's going to happen or try to, like, you know, give them a little bit of insight. Yeah. And then at the end of the day. Come, you know, that case comes to a conclusion and they're satisfied with what happens if we're selling their house or helping them buy a house or unfortunately if they get divorced mm. um, or if we're writing their will and their trust, right, planning for the future. And everyone comes to us at a different point in their life. But, you know, I really, Aurora provides us with a really good client base and there's so many opportunities here. Right. So, you know, now that I've been here for four and a half years, I feel like I've really gotten to know the city well. And I think the city is going to continue to grow. Definitely. You know, um, the sky's the limit, really, yeah. on what can happen. Um, not only is the sky the limit, but uh, I think that one thing that we have seen in regards to Aurora is that even with um, the pandemic and everything and Aurora shutting down, uh, uh, development has still managed to continue. So that spark has not diminished you know what i'm saying it's still yeah. going on uh that bit i a friend posted some pictures yesterday on on facebook of the bridge going from river street across to uh what'll be uh, river edge park mm -hmm. yes it's completed you know um nobody's walking across it yet but it's completed uh downtown the corner of broadway and galena that huge building is going to be luxury apartments so that's coming along so things are that. yeah sky mm -hmm. is still the limit for us even though the pandemic did slow things down I think definitely i mean yeah the pandemic has definitely put a wrench i mean it's it's just a, it's a really odd time in history right now right uh, everyone's trying to figure things out um prayers to all the people who've lost a loved one or who's been affected by it mm -hmm. um but i think everyone's trying to figure it out and i feel like we're such an adaptive society that everyone is figuring it out right in some way it may take a while but we're all resilient, you right. know, and everyone's, everyone has, there's a lot of really intelligent people in society. And then as time goes on, everyone just figures out new ways to get back to business right. or get back to their daily life. Now, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, yeah. I think Aurorans, it's funny you mentioned your mom. I think a lot of them have that same philosophy where it's just deeply rooted in, you know, family, work ethic. Definitely. And, you know, that's not a problem. We will, you know, get through this. For sure. Um, how has COVID changed the um uh, the, the world of an attorney uh, how does it change your how's your change your yeah. profession in that way you know when we first heard about the lockdown we were all kind of wondering what to do um i would say for the first month that we all went to lockdown our phone did not ring very much and i think everyone was just in shock we were like is this thing working what the yeah i mean <laughs> we didn't even running. know if we we should, we should just stay at home and just work from home or if it was even safe to work in our office even though there's no one in our office it's just the four of us because right. i think everyone just did, had no idea what was happening um so a lot the court was completely shut down so any attorney who relied on in court like criminal attorneys and family law attorneys uh, and we do family law those cases were all just put on hold so some law firms um, had to furlough their attorneys because there is no revenue at a certain point. Mm -hmm. um, so my sister, me, and Gary, we were talking about what we could do 
to offer a service right now? Like, what can we do for people that doesn't require them to come to our office? Um, like, what skills can we use? And then we actually ended up creating an estate planning seminar. And um, so, it, you know, from where my parents are in India, we're from the state of Maharashtra. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're Marathi. So that's our cultural background in India. There's about there's a bunch of different states in India, and they're all unique. They all have different languages and different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the Chicagoland area, there's a lot, there's a big Marathi community. So my sister and I, we actually put together a PowerPoint presentation and gave an estate planning seminar virtually um, over YouTube to about 500 people. Wow. And um, through that, it opened people's eyes to what estate planning was, why you should draft a will, why you should have a trust, why you should have a power of attorney for healthcare and property. Um, one, some unique instances. So as COVID progressed, we would receive phone calls for people who did not have a power of attorney for healthcare or property whose loved one was on a ventilator in the hospital. Wow. And at that point, you have to do a guardianship. So we were getting calls for emergency guardianships. So that's kind of where the twists and turns were taking us like in May and June. Um, but we ended up drafting many, many estate plans for people. And then we figured out how to do them virtually. So we could actually draft the estate plan, send it to them, and do the signing You know, over uh, – Zoom, right, and um, so that really worked in people's, you know, people's interest because they didn't have to come to our office and leave their house, and inter- you know, interact in that way. Right. Um, but I think as time has progressed, um, everyone's adapted, right? So the first two months, we did a lot of estate plans. The real estate transaction market was pretty much dead. Um, if you were a criminal law attorney, there were no court cases. So no, no one was committing crimes. Really, right. I mean, not that you don't want people to commit crimes, but uh, <laughs> everyone was staying you know, in. Yeah, side. one of our can we get some crime here? What the yeah, hell? like hey, go outside and do <laughs> yeah. something so we can go back to court. But if there's no court cases, then criminal law attorneys, you know, traffic attorneys, things of that nature, sure. they can't go to court and you know earn their living. Right. Um, and you know, you never thought that that would ever happen. When you're practicing law, you're just happy to get the case, right? But you never thought the courts would just shut down. It's, it was an unfathomable event. Yeah. And then when they did, um, then the courts had to come up with new ways to resume cases. And now you can do everything on Zoom. So now every courtroom has a Zoom link that you can log into to uh, speak with the judge. And then the judge sees both attorneys on the call, and then they'll call your case. Right. So now the courts have adapted, too. And now we're all on Zoom. So now we're doing court appearances on Zoom. Who would have thought, um, right? Yeah. Whoever who who saw that coming? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, no one. Yeah. Um, but with this, with the technology that we have, we can actually do that. Right. Uh, the one drawback is, and I was talking with Monica last week about this, is that you don't see your friends in court anymore. Uh, my sister is actually really social with other attorneys, and mm-hmm. I try to be as well. And uh, when, you know, after your court case, you see your other attorney friends in court. You talk to them, see how they're doing. Right. But now that no one's going to court, r- r- rarely. Um, you don't see that as much. So that collegial you kind of lose that collegiality. The time is now 8.36 a.m. And you're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And we're glad to be joined by Amaya Pottenkar. All right. Do you do probate? This is a question from... Uh, yes, we do do okay. probate. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, in, we always get unique situations with probate. Some people have a will. Some people don't have a will. Um, we've had, uh, you know, same-sex marriage probate cases, um, so we get a wide variety. Um, and then sometimes they have a lot of different heirs, so then they get in conflict. Um, but yes, we do do probate. They're very unique cases. Obviously, um, 
the estate is there because somebody has passed away, which is obviously sad. Um, but those are very interesting cases. They always have unique situations in all of them. Um, but we, yeah, we do those. So very cool. Um, so now let's let's get into some more acting. Let's get into what yeah. you're into and sure. some some projects and some things going on. Let's let's yeah. get the tea pouring. Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, so first, I'd like to say that what I like about you and what I've always liked about you is that you look like a great TV lawyer. <laughs> and you are a lawyer. I'm ready and to play. That's one. the cool. Yeah, that's like, the thing about law you. Law and that, order. He could seriously, be like one of those yeah. Regulars on that's it. the thing I've always liked about you, my brother. Like, yo, he looks like a straight up TV, like scene one, Amaya, <laughs> but he's actually really a lawyer. Uh, I told you the two pictures I like of you: the one where you're reading cranes in that shot, and the one Screen where you're uh, looking like a doctor for that commercial. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about that? Yeah. Uh, last summer, uh, my sister and I were cast as doctors in uh, in a commercial here in Aurora for a VNA healthcare. Okay. Uh, so we shot that at a variety of places around Aurora. Um, and it's really interesting how, um, you know, the scenes that you see in a commercial, um, so it may look like a hospital, but you're actually walking down the hallway in an office building or in a school. Um, so it's really interesting how they find locations to shoot different commercials you know so they make it look like you're somewhere when you're actually not even <laughs> right. close to where you are but that was a cool experience that was the first time my sister and me were able to act together in the same commercial very cool. even though we shot it on different days um no actually we were to get there one day together but it was a really cool experience um being able to speak on camera is an honor um it's really cool because you get to uh, analyze that line or the lines that you have and kind of bring it to life right, right. You, you get to bring that character to life um, so that was pretty cool. And the, the interesting thing about acting is they really, you know, if uh, if a casting director looks at you, they're going to see what characters can this guy play. So as I, I hate it that it's so stereotypical, mm -hmm. but typically when I get an audition, it'll be for some like a professional character, like somebody wearing a polo shirt or a right. dress shirt or a, some, with a tie. Right. So hence the doctor role, yeah. <laughs> or like an office guy or something. You know, like I'll get. Right, auditions Type for that. Cast. So, yep. that's um, how it works. Now, Nathan's hot dogs. Let's talk about that. What's happening with that? Um, no, it's so you know, in um, in all these auditions, there's a lot of uh, you know companies put out different auditions for stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, you know, they do a uh, casting, okay, and then they'll probably cast fifty to hundred actors. Okay, so um, it's casting. It's just me. casting. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah, and uh, basically they just put it. You know, they put a casting. They they see what actors. They give you a script. This is pretty much the general audition. They'll send you a storyboard or a script, and then you get the you you analyze the script, the storyboard, kind of give it your spin. There's really no. I mean, there could be a wrong way to do an audition if you're just so off. But usually it'll say how the character is. Like, it's a 30-year-old male. He's enthusiastic about the product, but he's also uh, clumsy. So you so then make you would, it your own kind of thing. Is that Yeah, it? Okay. so you look at the description, and then you make it your own, and you give it a direction, and you go for it. And that's how these work. There's really no – There's there could be a wrong way, but in the right direction, there's no – real right direction it's not like a math problem right. you just interpret your script and give it a shot and the only drawback is they never give you feedback rarely maybe one percent of the time and you never hear if you don't get it they don't tell you you don't get the role they just never contact you mm. so that's the one thing that when i got into this industry the first couple of auditions i'm like all right 
maybe, okay, I didn't get it, but maybe they'll tell me something or give me some feedback. And then you just never hear back. Okay. And then I'm like, okay, so that's the way this industry works is that usually you do the audition and you just forget about it. So now when you turn in an audition, I just forget about it. And then, hey, if you get some contact from them saying you're on hold, hold means that um, save the date, but you're not in yet. Once they say that you got the role, then you have the role. Got it. Yeah. Okay, that's how it works. So that's it's exactly how it like how they show it. You'd be like, all right, thank you for coming. Next. <laughs> little, little, when your audition is over, you're out. There's no pleasantries. Maybe they say thank you. That's it. And you just walk out. Wow. And you go on with your day. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, on the way there. Um, Humbling. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys ever watched uh, those shows on NBC, PD, Fire, or Med, mm-hmm. um, I've gotten a couple of speaking auditions for those. So I remember going into those rooms. Uh, sometimes it's the director of an episode. Sometimes it's a casting associate, which right. is like somebody who works in the agency. And sometimes it could be the head of the agency. They all have a different technique. Um, you know, when you walk into the room, you, the, 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 there's a mark on the floor. You step onto the mark. And they'll just say, go. And then you just do your lines. It could be one line, five lines, eight lines. Right. And then th- maybe they'll give you a second chance. And then after that, you just walk out. Damn. And you just never hear um, back, unless they, you know, unless they want you. Then right, yeah. right. Um, uh, what's the toughest casting call that you've been on? What's the What's the one that like kind of sticks with you? I would say anything that I've done for network TV. Okay, those are the toughest. Uh, I, I would say those are the toughest because you don't know exactly what they're looking for, but it's also the the high stakes, right? Because it's on national television, right? And Everyone who's coming to the audition, they're also really, really talented because they wouldn't be calling you if you didn't have, you know, something to offer right, right. in that role. So I think, like, like I said, like when you walk into that room, all the other people you're auditioning with, it's in that one time slot. So you see them all. Right. So it's a psychological battle because um, you're thinking about, well, you don't want to do this, but you're thinking about what are these other people going to be doing too? like, are, you know, are, how are they going to portray the character? Right. But then you have to focus on yourself. Right. You have to be like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in there, do a confident job. I've already memorized these lines. I already know what I'm doing. Get in there, do it. Um, but you want the role, right? I mean, you just want the role. You but you have, I don't, you know, I guess the wrong thing could be to keep thinking about getting the role. You have to just get, do a good job in that audition first. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think now, I think that that goes to highlight the point that you made about getting there early. Seeing who else is there, getting the flavor, getting the temperature of the room. Like, okay, what am I up against in here? What they looking like? Okay, they, you know, yeah, that that goes a long way to preparing yourself. Yep. And uh, I think for what I've realized for me is that doing a wide variety of different types of acting. So I I never did theater before until this year. So now I've gotten into theater because that's live. Um, So for me, doing theater or doing auditioning for a commercial or even a TV show, all those different experiences then help you in that next audition, right? Right. Like, oh, this is what I did wrong last time. Let me correct that and do it this time. Mm. What are you doing in theater now? Uh, So right now, I so I was I was fortunate enough to be cast as a role of Scrooge in the play The Christmas Carol. Hey, (laughs) hit a round of applause for that. That's big. um, I'm digging that. I have seen the movie. You know, there's so many movies on The Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Goodman Theater they have the yearly show, The Christmas Carol, which is my favorite play that I, you know, holiday play. Yeah, probably might be one of my favorite plays, uh, or my favorite play. But um, it's really cool. Uh, So right now we're doing virtual productions because. People can't gather in a theater, but uh, it's really cool. The Christmas Carol is such an iconic play. 
Um, and it, there's a lot of lessons in the Christmas Carol uh, for the character Scrooge. Um, and so I have I, so right now um, I'm I'm basically memorizing the lines. I'm reading the scenes, uh, mm-hmm. memorizing the lines. But what we're going to we're going to start rehearsing in about a week or so. Um, it's going to so it's through the McKinnich Arts Center at College of DuPage. Okay. They have a really great theater program there. So, so many of their students go on to a four-year university for theater um, or like a master's in fine arts. Uh, right. And then they, you know, they probably become, you know, professional theater or the directing. So the College of DuPage is a really great place to uh, start your career in mm-hmm. the theater. You know, I think the uh, heating or air conditioning. <laughs> That's never happened before. But, uh, but improv, improv. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that kicked in. Um, but uh, so... There's three really great theaters at College of DuPage, mm-hmm. and it's so professional over there. They have lighting, uh, stage production. Um, the costumes are amazing. Right. The directors, the, the teachers there are amazing. It's a great place. So it's a great place to learn how to do theater. So earlier in the year, I was cast as Professor Plum and Clue. Oh. So if you guys ever seen the movie or played the board game, mm-hmm. um, I really, really enjoyed you know, um, working on that production. Because uh, Professor Plum is this quirky character. He's a professional, but he also has, like, a fun demeanor to him as right. well, which really resonated with me. Um, right. The cool part about that was that that was pre-COVID. So the anticipation was that we were going to be performing this on stage in, in a theater with 180 people. Right. And uh, so around March, when COVID finally came out, we, we had started uh, rehearsing on stage. So we were doing our you know our dress rehearsals and rehearsals on stage. And then, unfortunately... Uh, they had to cancel all of our performances. Right. Um, and that was my first theater experience. I, I literally, you know, I sat down. I really learned all the lines in that play. Uh, it was such a great experience. I was so excited to perform on stage. And, um, you know, it's one of the disappointments, as many people have faced. Man. One of the things that I faced was getting the whole play canceled. You that know? sucks. That does. Yeah. It did suck. Yeah. Um, I saw some pictures of it with the, uh, I think that you posted with the, uh, other cast members and everything. The stage set up the costumes and everything. Yeah, it was really cool. I remember putting my costume on. It was awesome. It had a bow tie with the uh, with the suit, um, the hat. He was dressed like a professor, kind of like right. a lawyer. Yeah. And um, so we were able to do our pictures um, for the promos and things like that. And uh, you know, we we were able to do a couple of stage runs of it, and then eventually, um, it succumbed to yeah. the pandemic. But now theater has gone all virtually now. So now we're, you know, so this summer I, we did a virtual performance where we actually wrote our own, uh, our own play and then performed it virtually through College of DuPage and McKinnich mm-hmm. Arts Center. It was called Every Day's a Zooms Day. So it basically, <laughs> um, you know, it basically looked at a family from, you know, from phase one through the pandemic through phase three about how they adapted to the different situations that occurred over the summer. So that was really cool because we all used improv from our own personal experiences to create different scenes in that play. Right. Um, so with theater, I mean, now everyone's adapting. Now you're creating your own plays. You are doing everything on Zoom. Um, but you can still create a nice production through Zoom. It's just a little different. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like a but small stage now. It's a small stage. But now I guess people don't have to go anywhere. Right. To, they right. can watch it at home. So this one, the, for Christmas Carol, it'll actually be shown virtually um, three days in November. Okay. Um, so that all people have to do is go to the uh, C, you know College of DuPage McKinnich Art Center website. Right. And then there, there'll be a link there that will come up eventually, and then you can just stream it at home. Um, what's really some cool. of your um, your greatest accomplishments and moments 
in acting? I think, um, well, one of the really cool experiences I had was uh, shooting a student film, a short film, at Cinespace, which is where, um, so it's a big, um, it's a big movie lot, or it's a big, you know, production lot in Chicago, right. where they shoot a lot of the big TV shows uh, that are shown nationwide. But uh, DePaul University actually has two sound stages there, where they're actually able to use those for their own productions. Right. So that was a really big treat for me, because I'd been there before, but uh, this time I was the lead in a film. Um, and it was cool because we had a real set with awesome lighting, um, and we had a big production crew too. So we had the boom mic and the photographer. Um, you know, they had a behind-the-scenes cameraman. Mm-hmm. So that was a really cool experience to see exactly what it's like to be the lead person in a film where everyone's kind of like getting the lighting right for you and uh, all the props and everything. Yeah, and it was just awesome because everyone puts such a big uh, emphasis on the production. Right, there's so many roles. Um, that that need to be filled on the set, like a makeup person, uh, the you know the uh, set person, the lighting people, the the mic person, the the director, uh, the cameraman. Right. So that was a really cool experience in uh, in acting, you know. Um, but I think um, you know being cast as Scrooge, um, the director putting their faith in me. Um, now that I've kind of built a rapport over there um, mm-hmm. based on past experiences, I mean, I think it's going to be a really great role um, for me to interpret. Um, and, you know, and playing Scrooge is such an iconic yeah, it uh, is. character. It is. Um, and the transitions that he makes throughout the performance from a grumpy, greedy individual Ebenezer to a, Scrooge. Ebenezer yeah, it Scrooge. It sounds like a greedy yeah. jerk. Now you can be the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just the way that but then you realize that the way he grew up and the experiences that molded him into who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know he's able to redeem himself, which right. is nice. Right. Um, and that's the way the sto- It's a nice way to end that story, right? Um, yeah. Very cool. Um, now tell us what you've got. Uh, well, uh, shout out social media. How can folks um, find you, contact you? Yeah, sure. I'm on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is the Amea Pottencar. Word up. Um, so I try to put, uh, every time I do like some commercial or a film of some sort, mm-hmm. um, I try to put it on Instagram so people can watch it and yeah. hopefully enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I guess it's, you know, all the every project's unique. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, let's see. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much my social media. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but Instagram's my main. Right. Um, thing. Um, and your law that... office, where is that located? Oh, our, our law office is on Farnsworth. Okay. It's uh, 1700 North Farnsworth. Okay. So we serve the Aurora community, Kane County. Um, we serve that community. So we're always in Kane County Court doing okay. cases there. And um, so it's definitely nice to have all these different things that are, you know, in our in our community. Right. You know, theater so close, law is so close. You guys. Yes. Yeah, we're here. Uh-huh. We're here. Shout out. Um, now, what did we miss? Did we miss anything? Any, any topics to cover? Uh, I see you got notes. See. We love when guests bring notes. We love that. Um, and you guys brought us donuts, too, so y'all going to get a we had to bring get the double <laughs> shout out for that. We definitely <laughs> wanted to bring donuts. They brought us Dunkin', y'all. That was so cool. I think that one of the things that I like to, um, that, or rather one of the benefits to what you're doing is that you guys are keeping creativity alive. And I really like that. I like the fact that uh, attorneys are also involved in the community and also, like, casting and auditioning for uh. roles and things, are actors and actresses. I think that that's really cool. 
You know what I'm saying? I, I like Definitely. that. I like outside of the box people. You have to you have to find a way to deal and you know get through the monotony of life and like I, I like it like you guys are inspiring yeah it's you know it's definitely um nice to have that outlet and people can have you know any outlet for me it's just acting uh, i think it just brings that creative spirit when i was growing up i was so shy uh in my third grade play i didn't even want to go on stage um but you know acting is actually in our blood so my uncle was in the movie gandhi he was really? a professional actor. My dad's huh. brother was a professional actor. He was in the movie Gandhi. Mm-hmm. He had a speaking role. He's on, he has his own IMDb page. I don't even know who made it, but he has an IMDb page. <laughs> He's actually ahead of me. Yeah. Um, and then my grandparents had a traveling theater company in India. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never met my, my dad's parents, but I feel like it may run in my blood. Because at some point, I just got this bug where I wanted yeah. to perform for people. And the cool thing about that is that you want to make people happy. Yeah. So the performance you do, if you can entertain them or put a smile on someone's face or let them forget about whatever problem they're facing, that's kind of a cool thing to think about with entertainment or like acting or like if somebody's a musician or something, just bringing something to people that they can enjoy. Yeah. yeah. You know. Amaya, what did you want to be when you grew up? A variety of things. <laughs> really? um, Name I mean, some of them. Athlete. Okay. Although I think at some point I realized that that was not going to happen. I can't see um, you catching no football. Well, you know, I, mean, I can my catch man, it, but, but not, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, nobody can be guard. I, I have to just be there. You right. Know? <laughs> um, I think I, I love sports growing up, and I still love sports. So I actually wanted to be a, broad, be a broadcast journalist. Um, so I actually, in undergrad, I emailed all the, uh, in Urbana-Champaign, I emailed all the news stations. And I said, hey, I'd love to come work with you guys in the sports department to see what the sports guys do, or the sports broadcasters do. And uh, ABC News Channel 15, those guys actually responded to my email. So my senior year of college, um, I actually got a crash, crash course in sports broadcasting. So uh, they actually took me on for an internship that first semester. So instead of partying with my friends and going out, I was sleeping. Uh, I was going to high school football games on Friday nights and uh, keeping the timestamps of everything that happened at certain games so that we could oh. put, put a reel together. Right. And then on Saturdays, I'd go to the U of I football games, and I'd do the same thing. I'd, I'd, every play that happened, I would keep the time and, okay, touchdown or, like, 27-yard pass. Right. So then we can go back and edit those. Um, so I think broadcast journalism was kind of where I wanted to go. My parents are very traditional. So at, between seeing what they did in broadcast journalism and my parents' influence of being traditional, it kind of led me down the professional path. So I actually worked for two years as a data uh, analytics consultant in Chicago, and then I went to law school. So I kind of took on that professional. At some point, I was like, okay, I need to be a professional of some sort, right? So I need to get – and then my sister went to law school. And then after she started practicing law, I kind of took an interest in what she was doing. It fits my personality, Mm -hmm. and it's very interesting uh, for anyone who wants to become a lawyer, shadow an attorney just to see what they do. It's a very interesting career. It's also very stressful. So you have to balance all that out. You don't want to bring yourself out. Right. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, you know, growing up, broadcast journalist, sports athlete, maybe even a sports agent. But then you get a little more realistic on things that you can, maybe what's possible. Although anything could be possible. Uh, but then I'm like, I have to support myself. I need a professional career. Right. But now that laws, you know, now that our law firm so established, then I could add on acting. Right. Which is cool. Um, before we go, one last question for you. Is there anybody... Is there any role that you would really like to play? What's the role Ooh. that you like, man, I need, if they cast me for that, I, well, mm. I did think about this. I've thought about this. And, uh, I mean, there's so many cool movies that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
in terms of like if I played a professional role, I would really like to play a lawyer in a courtroom giving like a dramatic monologue to a judge or a jury about how about why my client is innocent. So that would be cool. That would be one like role Atticus that I, Finch kind of just yeah. something where it's like dramatic, yeah. where you really put emotions into it in right. a serious way. Um, I love the movie Star Wars growing up. So if it was like a sci-fi movie where you're playing a character, you know, protagonist, antagonist, right. I'll just, you know, being something like iconic. If I could get a role in an iconic movie that in, in the next 10, you know, you shoot it and then 20 years from now, people are still talking about it. Right. Regardless of the role, just something like, you know, an iconic movie like sci-fi, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. And then, uh, you know, in terms of like comedy, if it was like Office Space or like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, yes. where it's... Where all these different people create the movie, right? There's so many different unique characters. Yeah. So even if I was the receptionist at a, at a at a restaurant, even that guy's, you know, that two lines could be memorable, right? Yeah. Depending cool. on how they treat the main character or whatever. I mean, the main character would be great too. Right. But there's all these different roles that you could play as an actor, like comedy, uh, sci-fi, uh, dramatic. So I mean, all those things you want to try out your range, right? So. I mean, I've already thought about this. Yeah, I, I would, <laughs> I'd want to play all those different characters, but I'll take, you know, it's it's one step at a time. Right. The time is now 8.58 a.m. You've been listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And we've been speaking with Amaya Pottenkar. Uh, so the show ends on a positive note, as we know. Uh, what do What would you like for the people of Aurora to take with them today? I think that um, as, you know, if they're not, a, if they're just waking up right now, uh, just be thankful for today. Say thank you. Um, it's going to be a great day. If there's something you want to do that you haven't done yet, put it on your to-do list and try to get it done today. You know, mm-hmm. and try to try to try to give um, some kind of positive affirmation to someone else. Right. Ask them how they're doing. See what they say. Ooh, good. Well. The second largest city's first daily news podcast had a great interview, and we appreciate all of you guys. And we'd like to say uh, it's still Hunger Action Month. Please donate if you can to Marie Wilkinson's and Aurora Interfaith Food Pantry. Also, be sure to check out some of the downtown businesses and their carts for a cause and all the hard work that the artists have done on those. Shout out to Jen Ingram Art. And also be aware that on Friday, October 2nd, that's a first Friday, uh, there's going to be, as I mentioned, 1904 at 1 East Benton. That is the gallery, and it's going to be the um, art show in conjunction with Diesel Arts, Roots Aurora, and the Aurora Public Art Commission. On behalf of Good Morning Aurora and our friends here, we want to say we hope you guys have a great day. Stay tuned for everything that Amaya has. And shout out the social one more time on uh, the, the Amaya Pottencar. The Amaya Pottencar. Check it out on IG. And with that, we yeah. out. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Peace.